This is a pro-revenge story where a co-worker harasses someone for having implants, which she only got because she had cancerous cells. She calls her out, reports her to HR for calling her out, and then got her fired instead. It's somewhat of a reverse Uno type of story. So let's jump straight into it. Co-worker tried to get me fired over breast implants, so I pulled a reverse Uno card. Four years ago, when I was 24 years old, my mom died of breast cancer. And as both of my grandmothers had also died of it, I saw a specialist for a screening. I found out I had some cells in one of my breasts that could have turned into cancer at any given moment. I was told I had a few options. Number one, I could have regular screenings every three to four months until it does develop into cancer. I was told the risk of the cells becoming cancerous was very high due to family history, but it could also potentially never turn, so I'd be getting these screenings for no reason. Option number two, I could get a single mastectomy on the breast with the bad cells, but they need to keep an eye on the other one, so I need regular checkups for the other breast. Or option number three, I could get a bilateral mastectomy and remove all of my breast tissue, basically eliminating the risk. I went for option number three, the bilateral mastectomy. It was admittedly the most drastic option, but after seeing what cancer did to my mom and my grandmothers, I did not want to risk it. I was warned about scarring, but told it should be fairly minor. It wasn't, and I left with two huge pink jagged scars on either side of my chest, each about an inch long and half an inch wide. This caused me to go into severe depression where it got to the stage of me not even leaving my flat because I didn't want people to see me. I was throwing out my mirrors and getting physically sick of looking at myself. I went to a therapist who suggested a plastic surgeon. The therapist said they'd never normally do that, but it was clearly something I was struggling with and I might not ever get over it. And the therapist could see why I struggled with it. Although I'll admit the therapist did send me to ask about scar reduction. The plastic surgeon suggested a cream, a laser, or implants. The cream did not work. The laser was both expensive and risky, so I went with the implants. My natural boobs were an F cup, so I went with a slightly smaller double D. Since then, my mental health has improved a lot, and I feel a lot better about the way I look. My confidence has gone up, as has my self-esteem. I know I shouldn't put so much into my appearance, but I wasn't exaggerating about these scars. Huge, bright, pink, jagged, raised, just really awful to look at and I hated seeing myself and now they are nicely hidden away and you can barely feel them. In the present day, I am 28 years old and I work in an office. I'm doing a lot better than I was then. My co-worker Jill found out I had a boob job, but not about the cancer thing. When myself and a friend from years before the mastectomy were planning a holiday and she made a joke about me going on a plane with my implants and Jill overheard. By the end of the day, the entire office knew I had a boob job, but not why. And half a dozen people confirmed Jill had told them. Over the next few months, Jill made many jokes and comments about my chest to co-workers when I was in earshot. At one point saying I had, quote, more plastic than Barbie and calling me fake in two ways. I didn't hear this one myself, but a friend in the office told me Jill had at one point referred to me as a sack of silicone. I don't know what her problem was exactly, but at one point she mentioned the NHS, so I assumed Jill thought that I got my boobs done for free on taxpayer money. I got the mastectomy on NHS, but gone private for therapy and implants. As a side note, the NHS is the National Health Service, a publicly funded healthcare system in England, and one of the four systems in the United Kingdom. Apparently, it's the second largest single-payer health system in the world after the Brazilian system. But back to the story. I asked her to stop more than once, but unfortunately, the places I talked to her were places like the lift and the woman's bathroom, where there weren't any cameras, 
and Jodas kept making comments no matter how often I asked her not to. I wouldn't say it was every single day, but I heard at least three comments per week for three months. I hit my breaking point when Jill, me, and a few other co-workers were having lunch. I referred to something as being shallow and Jill said, you'd know all about being shallow while gesturing to my chest. I snapped and I said, do you know why I have these, Jill? A few years ago, doctors found potentially cancerous cells in my breast tissue. I was advised to get a mastectomy and left with huge, ugly scars in my chest. I went to a therapist who sent me to a cosmetic surgeon who advised me to get implants to hide the scars and I did just so I could look at myself in the mirror without crying. So maybe next time you want to judge someone for having cosmetic surgery, you should ask them why they had it first. And feeling like that was a mic drop moment, I picked up my food and left. For the rest of the day, I had about a third of the office come up to me and offer support. And the rest tell me that Jill was just joking and I was being a B. I replied that Jill was being a B long before I was. I then got an email from HR saying they wanted to talk to me the following day. And when I called for clarification, they mentioned a hostile work environment. Note, this is apparently an American term and holds little weight in England but it's what was said over the phone. I knew the person who signed off the email I'd spoken to. Her name was Debbie and she was Jill's friend in HR so I was fairly confident who had reported me. I realized that if this was already being sent to HR, I needed as much ammunition as possible so I went about collecting my information. As Debbie had dealt with me so far, it was safe to assume that she would be the person reviewing the complaint with me and if that was true, I was truly in a bad spot. However, I vaguely remembered a section of complaints that was in my contract when I first signed with the company. I flicked through the contract and there was a part in the complaint section that said I was contractually allowed to request change of reviewer if I felt my allocated reviewer was biased. It was called an impartial overseer. I photocopied the page and highlighted that part. Then I messaged the people who had offered their support over Facebook and said basically HR, human resources, have asked to see me. Do any of you remember Jill insulting me to your face and are you willing to write and sign something saying what you heard? heard and when. Not everyone was willing to help as Jill is somewhat feared in the office due to her befriending human resources and management, but about 20 people were willing to help me. I guessed roughly when I asked Jill to stop previously, the four asks over the few months. Sometimes were easy to guess as they happened over my break or when I'd first arrive at work and I wrote them all down, along with the rough time of when the lunchroom confrontation happened and a list of names of who was there for that lunchroom confrontation. I got to work slightly early the next morning. I went around to to everyone who had messaged me and most of them had managed to give me a printed and signed letter. Some didn't manage to write one, but no big deal. This isn't exact words as there's 16 letters, but to sum it up, here's the gist. My name is, insert their name here. I work with Jill and the OP. On this date, at this time approximately, I spoke with Jill during which referred to the OP as, insert insult here. I felt this was inappropriate as it directly related to OP's appearance and I'm willing to go on record further to establish that Jill has been discussing OP in the workplace in the same manner for three months now, causing me discomfort and creating what I feel is a hostile work environment. Signed, insert their name here. I wound up with about 16 letters from all different people, and one of them was in the lunchroom for my conversation with Jill. Some even had bullet pointed lists of everything Jill had said to them about me or other people, and as it turns out, Jill had issues with a lot of people's appearances. She apparently made comments about one of the co-workers' weight, something anti-Semitic about a different co-worker's nose, all of which were put in the 
Monday's letters. There are about 45 people in the office, so while 16 wasn't a majority, it's still a decent amount. The letters weren't hugely long. Most were only about a paragraph, but they had all the necessary information. I was asked to come to HR at 10 a.m. I took the letters from co-workers, the photocopy of the page in my contract, and my dates and times in a little folder with me. I got there, and Debbie was the one overseeing the interview. She got up from her desk, ready to lead me to another room. I immediately turned to the other HR worker that was currently there and said, so, is my meeting with you then? Debbie said, no, you're with me. I replied that this wouldn't sit well with me as my contract states I have a right to an impartial overseer. And as I said this, I took the contract page out of my folder. Debbie read it. I wouldn't let her take the paper when there was a shredder so close by. And she said she could be impartial. I replied that I didn't mean to be a pain, but I had it on good authority that the person on the other end of this complaint is her friend. And my contract does say I'm allowed an impartial overseer. Debbie stomped off to get a supervisor. The supervisor asked how I know she can be impartial and I tell him that I have it on good authority that Jill, who was on the other end of this complaint, is a close friend of Debbie. He asked Debbie if this was true, to which she only replied, I can be impartial. The supervisor took a deep breath, asked the other HR rep to come with him, and the four of us all went to review the complaints. I thanked them for being so accommodating. I was worried I'd annoyed them. Debbie took out the complaint and all three of them went through it with me. Debbie looked homicidal the entire time the interview was happening as she had clearly anticipated firing me, or at least recommending me to be fired. The interview went something like this. It took like over half an hour and they kept asking me the same questions but phrased different ways. So this is a really drastically condensed version. Question. You said outside that you think Jill reported you. Why is this? Answer. Jill had an issue with me for about three months now. Question. Well, why didn't you come to us when you realized Jill had an issue? Answer. I had no issue with her. Question. What issue does Jill have with you? Answer. Four years ago, a specialist identified potentially cancerous cells in my breast tissue. I had surgery to remove my breast tissue, thereby removing the cells and the risk. After the surgery, I was left with large scars on my chest. I went to a therapist for low self-esteem and depression. The therapist suggested a plastic surgeon who suggested breast implants to cover my scars. All of this is in my medical history, which you have a copy of in my file and have my full permission to review. Jill found out about my breast implants and didn't know about the cancer. Jill had a problem with my breast implants and decided to communicate this problem to our co-workers. Why do you feel this is true? Answer. Here are 16 signed statements all from different co-workers, all testifying that Jill told the entire office that I had breast implants on the day she found out and has since made comments about these implants frequently. They have quotes of what Jill said to them about it and rough dates and times. Question. Rough dates and times? Answer. No one knew this would be escalated to such an extent, so no one really took notes as to when exactly it happened. Question. What event or events do you think directly led to this complaint of harassment? Answer. For me, the harassment began when Jill told everyone about my breast implants without my consent, but as to the complaint against me, it would probably be what happened at about this time yesterday in the lunchroom. Jill made a comment about me being shallow while gesturing to my breast, and I replied, Get Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Giving her an abridged version of my relevant medical history and ending with a comment about the importance of getting the full story. There are cameras in the lunchroom, so I'm sure you'll be able to find that conversation. I'll admit, I could have handled the situation better, but after three months, I felt I had to put my foot down. Here is a list of names of people that were also present. There were six people at the table, including myself and Jill. One of those people is also in those letters and has written their account of the conversation and signed it. Question. Had you had a conversation with Jill prior to this regarding her comments about you answer several spaced out over the last three months each time I communicated to her that I felt uncomfortable and upset with these comments she was making and that I would appreciate it if she were to stop question to your knowledge was Jill made aware of your former cancer at any point in this time answer no it wasn't mentioned in the conversation with my friend she overheard and I didn't need to tell her because frankly it's none of her business and I did not feel the need to detail my medical history to a co-worker in order to avoid further sexual harassments the supervisor stands up and says well, I think we're done here. He shakes my hand and sends me back to my desk saying that I'd hear from them after they reviewed the evidence, the letters, the CCTV, medical history, and anything they had already and made a decision on the case. I got back to my desk, pulled up my CV, and prepared to start the job search again. About an hour goes by. Then the person who wrote the letter and was there for the lunchroom conversation gets called in for a meeting with HR. They come back 10-ish minutes later. The other people who were also there for the lunchroom conversation get called in one by one except for Jill. All of them were gone for about 10 minutes and they come back, find a co-worker and say that HR wants to see them. Then the people who wrote the letters but weren't there yesterday are also called one by one and each are gone for about 10 minutes, some longer, some shorter, but by 3.30 p.m. it looks like everyone who wrote a letter or was there in the lunchroom has been interviewed. Then finally, Jill gets called in. She's gone for about 30 minutes and comes back fuming. She glares at me while I work, but I ignore her. At 4.30ish, Jill gets called into HR again. 5 p.m. rolls around and everyone is either leaving or getting ready to leave. When Jill storms back into the office, she glares at me the whole time and packs up her desk. She then starts telling anyone who is willing to listen that I got her fired before shoving her way into the lift. An email comes in from HR and my case is closed. So without all this documentation, maybe she wouldn't have had this been so open and closed. It's a good thing in this case, a lot of people actually stood up and said what was going on instead of just remaining shut because it seemed like only a small portion of them that were actually in the lunchroom when this happened actually said anything. I think it was one out of six. Whereas a lot of the 16 seem to be carried from other events outside of the lunchroom scenario. But pretty much keeping well-documented evidence of all this stuff was the smartest way to go, but it is kind of crazy that they would scrutinize her on the fact that there were rough approximations of when things happen and not exact. I think it would be even more weird if she did have exactly the time and down to the minute of when everything happened.
because she probably would have either made that up or was trying to orchestrate this from a long time ago. At least that's how they could interpret that maybe. One of the popular opinions says that paper trails are often the undoing of petty vindictive people. I've seen it several times in my life providing said paper trail usually and it's always satisfying. This one was exceptionally satisfying. Bonus, you can now tell people that your boobs are so magnificent they get people fired. And there's actually an example that someone included where they said paper trails are awesome. It's why I keep a copy of every email sent to me or by me at work. And in the SIA email, it says, hi, insert name here. Following our meeting today, I just want to confirm we are on the same page. You want me to insert stupid task here that will impact the company massively have done by insert worst possible method. I'd appreciate a confirmation before proceeding as the development time on this is substantial. Regards, insert name here. I've had bosses try to throw me or the dev team under the bus many times with stuff like, they didn't tell me it would take six weeks of dev time. We didn't. Interesting, because here I have an email saying, as discussed, we estimate the development time on this to be six to eight weeks. Get it in writing, people. Keep meticulous backups. And remember, work friends frequently aren't friends. Also, meeting recap emails are really good to avoid innocent miscommunication as well, so are worth doing as a positive thing anyway. It's a shame that you have to go through all of this just to cover your back instead of actually just working on the thing you got to do. But I mean, if you didn't do stuff like this, then you could be in a situation like the OP here, but one where she didn't have all of this ready to go. As for Jill and the story, I cannot believe that she wouldn't know this would eventually lead to her getting fired. She probably had full confidence that her friend in human resources would cover her back and didn't know about this exception clause where she could petition to have an unbiased person from HR. They probably thought they had this whole thing in the bag with Jill saying, oh good, well I'll call my friend Debbie in human resources and this is a done deal, not realizing how this would all get spun out. And Debbie didn't even answer the question if Jill was her friend. She just kept saying I can be impartial. So this whole thing was stacked against her. Luckily, the OP knew about this part of the contract, whereas I think a lot of people probably wouldn't have even realized that's an option, or maybe they don't even have that as an option. That might be unique to this specific job. But let me know what you guys would do if you were in this situation. Don't forget to drop a thumbs up, subscribe, and we'll see you in the next one.